Chapter Three of Book Fourth of Les Misérables, Volume Three by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mistopheles. Les Misérables, Volume Three by Victor Hugo, translated by Isabel Florence Hapgood, Book Fourth. The Friends of the ABC, Chapter Three, Marius's Astonishments. In a few days, Marius had become Courfeyrac's friend. Youth is a season for prompt welding and a rapid healing of scars. Marius breathed freely in Courfeyrac's society, a decidedly new thing for him. Courfeyrac put no questions to him; he did not even think of a such a thing. At that age. Faces disclose everything on the spot. Words are superfluous. These are young men of whom it can be said that their countenances chatter. One look at them, and one knows them. One morning, however, Courfeyrac abruptly addressed this interrogation to him. By the way, have you any political opinions? The idea," said Marius, almost affronted by the question. What are you? A Democrat Bonapartist, the grey hue of a reassured rat," said Courfeyrac. On the following day, Courfeyrac introduced Marius at the Café Musain. Then he whispered in his ear with a smile, "I must give you your entry to the Revolution," and he led him to the hall of the Friends of the ABC. He presented him to the other comrades. Saying this simple word, which Marius did not understand, a pupil. Marius had fallen into a wasp's nest of wits. However, although he was silent and grave, he was nonetheless both winged and armed. Marius, up to that time solitary and inclined to soliloquy and to asides, both by habit and by taste, was a little fluttered by this covey of young men around him. All these various initiatives solicited his attention at once and pulled him about. The tumultuous movements of these minds at liberty and at work set his ideas in a whirl. Sometimes, in his trouble, they led so far from him that he had difficulty in recovering them. He heard them talk of philosophy, of literature, of art, of history, of religion in unexpected fashion. He caught glimpses of strange aspects, and as he did not place them in proper perspective, he was not altogether sure that it was not chaos that he grasped. On abandoning his grandfather's opinions for the opinions of his father, he had supposed himself fixed, with uneasiness and without daring to avow it to himself that he was not. The angle at which he saw everything began to be displaced anew. A certain oscillation set all the horizons of his brains in motion. An odd interval of setting. He almost suffered from it. It seemed as though there were no consecrated things for those young men. Marius heard singular propositions on every sort of subject, which embarrassed his still timid mind. A theatre poster presented itself, adorned with a title of a tragedy from the ancient repertory called classic. 
Down with tragedy dear to the bourgeois, cried Barhoel, and Marius heard the confer reply. You are wrong, Barhoel. The bourgeoisie loves tragedy, and the bourgeoisie must be left at peace on that score. Bewigged tragedy has a reason for its existence, and I am not one of those who, by the order of Aeschylus, contest its right to existence. There are rough outlines in nature. There are in creation ready-made parodies, a beak which is not a beak, wings which are not wings, gills which are not gills, paws which are not paws, a cry of pain which arouses a desire to laugh. There is the duck. Now, since paltry exists by the side of the bird, I do not see why classic tragedy. Should not exist in the face of antique tragedy, or chance decreed that Marius should traverse Rue Jean Jacques Rousseau between Angelus and Courfeyrac. Courfeyrac took his arm. Pay attention. This is the Rue Plâtrier, now called Rue Jean Jacques Rousseau, on account of a singular household which lived in it sixty years ago. This consisted of Jean Jacques and Therese. From time to time, little beings were born here. Therese gave birth to them. Jean Jacques represented them as foundlings. And Angelus addressed Courfeyrac roughly. Silence in the presence of Jean Jacques. I admire that man. He denied his own children, that may be, but he adopted the people. Not one of these young men articulated the word "the emperor." Jean Prouvaire alone sometimes said Napoleon. All the others said Bonaparte, and Jolas pronounced it Buonaparte. Marius was vaguely surprised. Initium sapientiae. End of book fourth, chapter three. Recording by Mistopheles.